Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show with Zach and Josh. Brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for the next two hours. As we, I mean, this is going to be our last time on on air this week, at least on this show. Yeah, for a little bit. I mean, for a little bit. You know, we're we're here and there and everywhere. But so, with that being said, I'm going to treat it like a Friday, like we're leading oh, into don't do the that. combine don't, next week. Don't do that to me. I'm going to do that because then we still have two more days. I was say, I'm going to ruin both of our weeks. Yeah, and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face. But with that being said, I, the reason why I want to do that is I want to talk a lot of draft today. I wanted to jump mm. into it a little bit yesterday, but we were taking a ton of calls on the Sabres. And, I needed yesterday. And, and, and I'm <laughs> all good with that because I could push I, that to today. I, you know what? All happy for that. I feel so much better today than I did yesterday. I'm, I'm in a happy mood. The Sabres play tonight. I'm, I'm not ecstatic about that, but I am excited to watch hockey. <laughs> I'm ecstatic <laughs> about that. That's the thing. I just love watching hockey at this point where, yep. like, it's – it's whatever to me, you know. But hey, NFL draft, the combine, wide Very receivers. Excited. So yes, the combine. Of course, it does start next week, or at least guys are going to start showing up around Monday, and then we'll start getting you know the actual, you know, drills, what everyone's showing up for. Uh, about more of the middle of the week, about a week from today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I believe is when everyone starts going. And so that'll be a lot of fun. It's something I've looked forward to uh, every year, basically of my adult life, even. Um, to the point of like my teenage years. I've have you ever tried to go to a combine? I have never wanted to. Really? Yeah. I, I, a few years ago, they started like allowing fans into it, and I was like, you know, I'm good because I I'll, I keep an eye on it. Obviously, like it'll be on my TV all day, but it's something I I like having on, and I'll step away. Right. And then like the 40s are on for the wide receivers, and I'll and I'm blocked in. Yeah. And then I'll walk away See, that, when they're doing, like, whatever. That's how I was during the Senior Bowl, where I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch these 1v1s. Oh, yeah, with, the Senior Bowl is the same way. Wide oh, receivers yeah. and, and cornerbacks. But then it's like, oh, the running backs are doing stuff. Okay, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm just going to check like, out for a second. Yeah, but, like, I just I, – I think combines, in, in, like, themselves are so fun, re- regardless of the sport. Because mm-hmm. you get to see these guys, they're literally giving it their all to improve their yep. draft position. And I love seeing guys that are – you know, completely off the board, coming out of nowhere, being like, oh, that guy is now a number one prospect. DK like, Metcalf was kind of a guy where right. he was, I don't want to say he was unknown. People knew him, obviously, but like he really made his name yeah. at the combine in both a negative and a positive way because his 40 time, his build was in amazing, but then he ran the three cone drill in like a 
record low and people are like oh never mind and there's also you get like such funny moments like i don't know who it was but there was a receiver who like missed his cut and got hit in the back of the head with a ball or something like that yeah i think that was teron johnson yeah that was I, you'll have I funny just moments love like that, that clip so much and then as well and this is stuff we won't hear about until afterwards mm-hmm. is a lot of the draft rumors really start in indianapolis at right. the combine this is where you'll hear if jj mccarthy is going to be a first round quarterback you'll likely find out pretty soon afterwards if justin fields is being traded by the chicago bears or if they're going to keep him and a guy like a Marvin Harrison Jr. all of a sudden is going to be the number one overall pick. Question: Yeah, I was going to say, question for you about him. Is it more valuable for the Bears to take him at one, or is it more valuable for them for them to try to trade back to two or three? Um, like if they if they take like in, him at in one this, in this scenario, they're keeping Fields. Yes, yes, that's the only way they would take Marvin Harrison Jr. at one at least. Mm-hmm. But like, it I is just absolutely wonder... more valuable for them to try to get out of that number one overall pick then. And let Washington or New England go to one, them go to two or three. Right, because you can't go to four. No, because Arizona will likely take them. Right. And if Arizona's moving up to one, that'd be that'd be wild. Because then they are absolutely going to take him, which yeah. you could probably just get him at four. Most most scenarios would allow that. But in this, right. they're keeping fields. I mean, Tr- Chris Trapasso has neighbors going above. He, yeah, he has neighbors which is, as which is interesting. neighbors out of LSU has his number one overall receiver. For me, it, I am not neighbors over Harrison Jr. I am somebody, though, that is it is much closer. Yeah, it's 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 kind of they're not I wouldn't say they're neck and neck, but like mm-hmm. it's not there's not much distance between the two of them. Yeah, I mean Where, well, I, I'm well, somebody that like every time I bring up neighbors, I like passive aggressively go he should have won the Bolitnikoff this year. <laughs> so like it, like I, I am a neighbors guy. If you if you, if he has a good combine, do you think he Jumps over Marvin Harrison Jr. No, in no, anyone's no, board. no. Because I mean, if he has a good combine, that also means Harrison Jr. has a good combine. Like, I'd be stunned if he didn't. Well, right, yeah. I'm like, and I mean, and both of these guys just, are going to have good combines, but it's just I don't know if it would take nothing. We see it would take really bad interviews. It would take mm-hmm. bad rumors coming out about him. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it would take for neighbors that need to be taken over Harrison Jr. Because yeah. you also got to think about it too, the fan response. You know, it, it, it's all fine and good that we're talking about having you know neighbors over Harrison Jr. or even it being close. It's another if an NFL team does and then acts on it, and then you do have to explain that away. And then, look, you could be right, hundred percent, and then no one cares. Right. But if you're wrong, yeah. that sticks with you forever. Mm-hmm. And Harrison you're the Jr. guy that passed on Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And especially if Malik Neighbors becomes. Nothing, or at least not a, not as good as Marvin. It's Harrison just Jr. a solid wide receiver compared to right. a potential great in in Harrison Jr. You could get you could get a Mike Evans type receiver out of Malik Neighbors, but if Marvin Harrison Jr. is much better Justin than that, Justin Jefferson, yeah, then it's like, oh well, yeah, sure, you got that, but look what you could have had. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I just I, I think it's curious to see like because I feel like it's always talked about like oh quarterback's gonna go number one yeah a quarterback is gonna that, go number the, the one value of that but this year is just absurd but this year it's so much different in terms of well this guy is an x factor yeah m- like, most people do have harrison jr if they, especially if they have him as the number one wide receiver he is their number one player on the board mm-hmm. and that i would agree with i'm yeah. somebody that i think for me it is offensive heavy but for me it would go harrison jr Caleb Williams, and then 
Malik Neighbors in terms of just like the top three prospects in the draft. I do think again, because the quarterback value is so high. But with that being said, so if the if the Bears did trade out of that number one overall pick or, or are deciding to keep Fields, them trading out of that number one overall pick would be so much more value. Just right. to just to you'd allow get, you'd get other picks and you could yeah. and you still have the pick at nine exactly. So. And that would be to just allow one of Washington or New England to go to one to take Caleb Williams. You're likely getting next year's first, a second, and maybe another pick or maybe a player. To then go, cool. Now I'm going to take Harrison Jr. and then at like nine, go get an offensive tackle. Washington's been pretty trade happy, mm-hmm. and their name comes so, up a lot. I feel like they're more likely than the Patriots because I mean the Patriots don't have a general manager right now. No, so, but, I mean, they, have but like, they have like they a have group. yeah they have a, like a brain trust if you want to call it that. But at the same time, like they're kind of going through an entire culture shift. I if you said think about it yesterday it. in like, the reverse AFC power rankings with Bulldog and Nate Geary. I don't think they're taking a quarterback this year. I don't think they're picking three. I think they're going to trade back. I think someone like Minnesota, Atlanta, because I do, I could see Justin Fields winding up in Pittsburgh. We will see, though. I guess he unfollowed uh, the Bears and is now following a ton of Falcons players on Instagram for whatever that's worth. But I think the Patriots are so far away from contending that taking a quarterback now is putting them in the worst possible situation long term. That ultimately it would be better for you to move back to like, let's say, throw out Minnesota. So eleven, they move from three to eleven. They're going to get next year's first round pick from Minnesota. They're going to get maybe a third round pick as well or a second round pick as well, and of course still pick relatively close to the top ten and likely get one of the better defensive players in the draft. One of you know these great players along with having a deep second round and a third round of this class. And then, of course, having then, of course, two first-round picks next year. Mm-hmm. And while the quarterback class does not projected to not have a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, Carson Beck out of Georgia is considered very, very good. Quinn Ewers really popped off this year with Texas. He's going to have another year with Steve Sarkeesian. That offensive line all coming back. Another loaded wide receiver room, so he may pop off as well. And I think for them, it's just going to be really like completely fixing the foundation where Washington. And I think specifically, and you brought it up too, they're a little trade happy. Washington specifically, I could see being like, damn the torpedoes, we're taking May. Or if yeah. or if Chicago is truly like, you know, we're going to keep fields and we're just going to move back, you know, however far we are to still get like, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. and not take him one. Or, you know, they could also decide to take him one. That's not a terrible idea. Washington, I could see being the first team that the moment they hear those rumors would go for it. Because, number one, Ben Johnson, you know, scorned them a little bit oh yeah they're gonna by not going there and then it became a pr war between the two of them like well ben johnson was asking for too much money and then it was like no he just loves detroit well he interviewed really really bad we actually didn't even really (laughs) want him yeah and i could see them being like nope we're doing this because we're gonna bring back you know respect to washington they hired dan quinn who you know whenever you uh, you hire a defensive coordinator that usually is the route you're going which is we're going to be we're going to be respected in NFL circles, I could see them then being a team that wants to swing big. Number one, you got to get fans back in the building. Yep, you got the new owner, so the vibes are somewhat better. Well, what's what's interesting about them too is the big trades they made last year, where they sent Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers, and which they like sent, totally worked for them. Yeah, they he did. did. He did nothing for the 49ers until like I think the Super Bowl. Yeah, pretty much. And then they send uh, what what's Sweat's first name? I think it's not, uh, uh, Mar- uh, not Sweat Montez uh, or. You think Jonathan Allen? Yes, Jonathan. I don't. I don't know why I thought of Montez Sweat there. Um, too many. Too many different names. Um, but they sent him to the 
Bears. I think it's the Bears. Give me a second. Yeah. Bears, no, no, no. He's no, he's still no. It was Montez Sweat. You're Mont- right. Okay. Yeah, that's he, what yeah, I thought. Yeah, it was yeah. Montez Sweat. He went to the Bears. Yep. Jonathan Allen's still on the Commanders, yeah. but they send two of their best defensive players away. And at the time, I was like, "What are they doing?" I mean, that's your future right there. Like, that's the guys you build around. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your foundation of your defense. But judging by what they got back for those two players, and judging what they still have and can get, I think Washington. Out of the top three teams here, out of the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots, Washington's the most poised to like make a big jump, I think. I mean, the Bears, if they get Marvin Harrison Jr. See, see the Bears, I'm somebody that if they draft Caleb Williams and go get Roman Dunze at nine. Well, that that's right. That's a scenario. I've also, <laughs> I've also got it to you know, maybe sign back a Darnell Mooney, you have DJ Moore, or go get somebody in the second round. And then just draft an offensive tackle, Joe Alt. Mm-hmm. I don't know Notre Dame could be somebody too. They were what seven and nine or, yeah. or, or uh, eight and nine at the end of the year. Well, I mean, it, it, in what I'm saying, I think the Commanders will make the biggest improvement. Oh, like, uh, the Bears, yeah, yeah. okay. Like okay. the yep. Bear, the Bears will be better. Yes, don't get me wrong. But, but you're saying like, from like going from like the number two overall pick to like potentially a fringe playoff team, right? Like yeah. I think because okay. because the NFC East, while it's not bad. You have the Giants who don't know who they are. There are bad vibes. You there. have the Eagles that kind of are also bad vibes because they literally fell apart yeah, they are down the stretch. Bad vibes there. And then the Cowboys, I mean, they knew they know who they are, but they still can't seem mm-hmm. to get it done. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder like if the commanders can get Caleb Williams and, you know, make one or two big free agent signings. Or not even big, but just like, you know just very solid. Solid, yeah. I think they can make a great improvement. And they were four four and thirteen last mm-hmm. year. The Bills shut them out. Yeah, like the did. the Bills destroyed them, and now I know the Bills are leagues ahead of the Commanders, but I just think that depending on if Chicago trades out of the number one spot, Washington has the most to gain, and I think it also like Chicago's second there, and then the mm-hmm. Patriots. While Tom Brady's been gone for how many years now? Three. Four? It's been a bit. They are now starting their rebuild. Their yeah, rebuild yeah. wasn't started when Brady left. It's starting now. Well, especially Matt Jones' rookie year, they do make the playoffs. Right, but and they the, get and there was destroyed. That, yeah, they, it, it, <laughs> oh, yeah. There was also the painful year in between Brady and then Matt Jones where they had Cam Newton, and they, they were still trying to stay competitive, and then they had the Matt Jones year. They were still trying to stay competitive, and then these last two years it has been, okay, you're no longer competitive. You're hiring defensive guys to be your offensive play caller. Like, what is going on here? Now, and, and that's why I fully believe, like, I could see them trading out of that pick because they're third. Like, they could maybe believe that, like, you know what? Jane Daniels, not our guy. And it could also be something, too. Like, let's say they trade back with – Minnesota's the team I'm going to use here. They trade mm-hmm. back with Minnesota. Minnesota goes to three. They they like Dan- Jane Daniels. They could also take J.J. McCarthy at 11 and just be like, no, we're, but we're happier now that we have more, you know, resources to put into these next two years to build the best team around a J.J. McCarthy who is younger than a lot of the top three and has a higher ceiling than some of these guys because he is only he just turned twenty one right and he's also loved in NFL circles has a, has good traits around him if not great traits and of course he's a winner which is a, still a stat the NFL uses for quarterbacks <laughs> which whatever right but in that sense and I like that we brought up kind of the beginning of the draft because I think it really does play into what the Bills could do right if you do I, I think it's expected that within the top fifteen picks three wide receivers are going of course we brought up. All three of them now at this point. Yep. Martin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. 
after that, it's a complete crapshoot. Yep. You have it's, no idea where anyone really is It could go until next. the Bills pick. Exactly. It yeah. could go until the Bengals pick, yeah, which I, is 26. I think it's 26, yeah. Somewhere so, around there. So it, it, it changes very much how I think the beginning goes. Because if Marvin Harrison goes four, I think then you're getting like a neighbors going to the Chargers or the Giants, and then Adunze goes to someone like the Bears at nine. After that, though, like there really is room. I think Jeremy brought it up today too of like ten to seventeen, where like there really is like that's like no, no one really land. there. Yeah, like right. no one's really going to jump at a receiver, especially someone as high as Brian Thomas Jr. When you probably have two or three tackles who are really good in this draft. You've gotten to a point too. If three quarterbacks have been taken in the top three and then or in the in the top ten and three wide receivers, you've got like two defensive players that have gone. Cincinnati is at eighteen. Cincinnati's at eighteen. So that but could they be also, your first. But they also may not because their defense has really taken a hit. Right. So they could be a team that is deciding we're gonna go more defensive. We still got Jamar Chase. I think it's gonna depend on what they do with T. Higgins. If they franchise T. Higgins, they're not taking a wide receiver. Right. Yeah. I think that's flat out. If they franchise T. Higgins, they're not taking a receiver. One thing that's interesting, and to to you know further the the end of the first round, beginning of the second round conversation, mm-hmm. I was looking at the Commanders' picks to get back to them for a second. They have pick two, obviously, in the draft. They also have pick thirty six, which is theirs. They have pick forty, which is Chicago's, mm-hmm. and they have pick sixty seven in the third round. But more importantly, picks thirty six and forty. If if Washington can trade up and keep. One or both of those second-round picks, which I don't think they can. Mm-hmm. But if they can keep one of them, they can take one of those wide receivers that falls out of the first round. Yeah. like And get very good talent for the value of the, the pick and whatever. I mean, if, you can, if you're Washington, you can trade up to one and take Caleb Williams. And then if you can keep pick 36 and take, I don't know, Adonai Mitchell mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even Brian Thomas Jr. or Troy Franklin because you never know what's going to happen at the end of the first round. There is a lot of value there. And, I mean, I've been a big proponent over the past couple days of I think the Bills should trade up to get into that, like, 30 to 40 range. Use next year's first-round pick to do that because of the fact— Well, so you kind of want to see him— Yeah, I want to see him get aggressive-aggressive. Especially in this draft class. Right. Because not that—I don't. I mean, I don't really know what next year's looks like, but Mm -hmm. this—the way everyone talks about the wide receivers in this this year's draft class in the first— two or three rounds. Mm-hmm. If you can take one at 28, take one again at, let's say, 38, and then focus on defense, that's perfect. Or even take one at 28 and then take one at 60. And I do, I do get wonder, defense like at the, at the top of the second round. Yeah, I, I do wonder, because like for me, there's going to be a lot of good guys available in rounds three and four. Mm-hmm. That like If they take somebody in round one, I would be okay to hang at 60 and take Tavondre Sweat, the defensive tackle out of Texas, who I'd That's be, who I've, you've been I'd be a little bit put me more, on him a yeah, little bit. <laughs> I'd be a little more uncomfortable taking him at 28 because he's not a pass rusher. He is a big body that is going to take up a lot of space and allow guys like Ed Oliver to really feast on you know one-on-one matchups. He's going to allow the edge rushers that they have to feast on one-on-one matchups because you just cannot have a defensive tackle who's 6'5", 360 pounds, and fleet of foot. Go one on one. Like that's just a bad decision for an offensive line. But because he's not a traditional pass rusher, or at least was not in college, it's not great to use those resources in the first round. He'd be a great pick though at sixty, a phenomenal pick. Yep. And, but that's if he lasts that long. And maybe if he lasts long. 
Now, for me, it would be something along the lines to I'd be okay if they moved up from sixty to like a fifty-two, right? And go grab him. But they have ten, or they're gonna have ten picks when that compensatory pick comes out. They'll have a pick in the third round as well, and that's that's the big thing too here. Like when that, like right now, they don't even have a third round pick. Yeah, but they will, which is which they is will. a good thing. And along with that, what I would be okay with doing is don't draft too much in the sixth, seventh round. Package those picks to try to move up into rounds three and four to take the higher-end talent that is going to make this roster. It is still a talented roster. It's old in some spots, but it is still a talented roster. They are going to become cap-compliant. They are going to have enough to add in a few guys on like one, two-year deals. Nothing crazy, but they're, you know NFL guys are going to be there. I don't care anymore about the sixth and seventh round guys. I ju- Josh, I just don't. I mean, hey, I've look. heard the name Justin Shorter <laughs> way too much already this offseason. Right. He's a fifth round guy, and yes, I know there are fifth round guys who have made it. Stephon Diggs is one of them. Guess what Diggs did in his rookie year? Made an impact. Right. Shorter was a non factor even before he got hurt. He was right. a complete non factor in a roster that was begging for wide receiver help. I, I don't care what he did in high school. I guess I guess where I see people getting hung up on that, and I get hung up on it too, like because it's it's hard to look past it. But the success that Bean has had drafting in the late rounds, oh, of course, that's, absolutely, that's the one thing that it's hard to look look like. Oh well, you know, Justin Shorter was hurt, whatever. He didn't do much, but hey. Remember that time they drafted Christian Benford in the sixth round and he was better than the first round cornerback? That was fun. That was that was really. Well, I wonder cool, if we yeah. can do that with wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they can or can't, but you're right. You need help now. You can't sit there and say, "Well, we're going to get someone in the first round and then we'll see what Justin Shorter does." It's no, we're going to get someone in the first round. We're going to go get someone in free agency if we can make the money yeah, work, yeah, we'll get, and then we'll grab go from there. Like a one year deal, whatever, right. like a Darnell Mooney. Yeah, exactly. And 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 again, these are all potential free agents mm-hmm. because you know free agency. I'm very excited for free agencies. Free agency is probably my favorite thing in sports. The legal tampering period, it's, really. It's that, so that's much the fun. one. That's the one. That's where that's really fun because you could just like it's it's like dangling a cookie in front of someone's face and saying, "Come on." Come over here. We, well, the reason we got why all this. I like it is because like it's the legal tampering period, but like things on like March fifteenth will just like happen, and it'll be like you guys were clearly talking before this, right? Yeah. So like, what happened? Like, how did this start? Yeah, exactly. Like, where did these conversations yeah. begin? Or, or it's, it's, I think it's like March twelfth is the legal tampering period. Yeah, and because it goes March fifteenth. When's free agency start? I thought it was March thirteenth. Free agency started, so it would thirteenth, and then fifth, and then the fifteenth is when like those deals become official. Oh, okay. I we'll have like that forty-eight yeah. hour window where like it's the legal tampering period, and then it becomes official on the fifteenth. Right. Okay. I but gotcha. so like you'll have just like out of nowhere like noon hits, and like this team is signing this guy to a six-year deal, and it's record breaking. You're like, you did that all in a thirty-second conversation on the phone. Interesting. <laughs> it's right. interesting. Yeah. So I I enjoy like the the wordplay there, but. I'm interested in it, too, because, like, with Tampa Bay is an interesting situation with Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are terrified that he's going to wind up in Kansas City. I'm kind of worried he's going to wind up in Kansas City. It depends on what they do with Chris Jones. Give me a mid-team in the AFC who can, like, convince themselves they're competing that overpay for Mike Evans. And I'm saying overpay in quotations. Houston. Houston could be fun. Houston has a but ton Houston's of But Houston's not even mid. Houston no. would be really, really good with Mike yeah. Evans. Houston, I'd be like, sweet, they took him away from Kansas City. And then I'd I would, I, it would just be like a shadow under my eye. I'd be like, oh, no. Houston got Mike Evans. <laughs> There's Nico Collins and Tank right. Dell yeah, like and that... C.J. Stroud at quarterback. Yeah. No, that would be that would be good and bad. But a part of me is just like, don't let him go to Kansas City. Just don't let him get there. But then on that point, too, and it's why I'm still just so petrified of this, of this draft. 
is not the talent available. I think there's going to be amazing talent available for the Bills at 28, and I think there's going to be even a better crop of talent at 60 because of guys that have fallen into the second round, and they're just going to have the pickings. It is the fear of just how little this team has put into wide receiver in their top-end picks under Bean and McDermott. Well, let me tell you, I am taking my full captain optimism abilities and I'm transitioning most of it away from the Sabres and I'm putting it all into the wide receiver train and the wide receivers that the Bills will draft. I th- I'm, I I'm going to I'm going to I'm I'm here to say I think it'll happen. I don't think we have to worry. I it's it's going to happen. I think it I, has I can to. feel it. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. There it is. But I think it has <laughs> to. Like it has to. They who do they have? That's my thing. It's right. like if you ignore it and I think Jeremy tweeted this yesterday. Like they're like taking an edge rusher in the first round away from like teams be like people being like, okay, they only want to draft edge rushers. Well, and he said he said this morning too. Like it was like um, if that happens Friday morning, when, it's not good. The when, vibes are bad. Friday morning, we are all going to be like, okay, um, what what just happened? That's not great. And so <laughs> like, if like they take like a Byron Murphy, mm-hmm. who's the other defensive tackle for Texas, but is much more of a pass rusher, higher potential, younger. Okay, especially if Brian Thomas and Troy Franklin were gone. And you still had to trade up. Like, if it's one of those, if, like, five right. or six guys go and you're sitting there going, well, that was unforeseen. Well, yeah, okay, that's, that's fine because there's yeah. a ton of talent in rounds two and three. But if we're sitting here going into Saturday and they have not taken a receiver yet and we're sitting there at round three going, this is going to be the first one they take, hopefully. Right. Maybe. I mean, it, we were talking with Jeremy just as we were leaving. It's got the vibes of when they took EJ in 2013, yeah. where fans were ready to have an uproar for the lack of draft capital that had gone into the quarterback position. And I don't mean overall draft capital. I mean high-end capital, actually putting an effort into it. Drafting a quarterback in round four is not putting effort into it. <laughs> it is a throwaway pick, essentially. Rounds one is and two is putting actual effort in. That's my fear, is that we're just going to be sitting there going, they've done it, like they're just piecemealing it together again. They have not replaced John Brown, let alone Emmanuel Sanders. Now we're talking Gabe Davis. And that is my biggest fear, is that we're going to get there and this organization won't do it. Because when the Bills did it with EJ, it was Buddy Nix's farewell of, all right, here's your quarterback, go. Good luck. And EJ, his own college co- coach and Jimbo Fisher, was saying, I wouldn't have taken him in the first round. Right, yeah. And they did. Like, what are we doing here? But- so you have that. And like that's my fear is that we're sitting there at pick 60, or maybe they trade up, whatever, and you're just sitting there praying to every god you know that they just take someone. And I hate that feeling. And I right. absolutely hate it because it's not a good place to be when you're drafting because you shouldn't just be reaching for a, a certain position. You should be taking the best guy that can get in a jersey now and help you right away. Yeah, Wide receiver, I think, is that in this class, a lot of it. But if we're sitting there around 60, or pick 60, excuse me, round and 60. 12 receivers have been taken, yeah, then, then it's really questionable. You're in a time. dire situation. Like, you yeah. have to because by round three, you're sitting there going, cool, we're going to take the 30th receiver? Yeah. That's a, that's a rough spot to be in. But we do have to take a quick time out here. And for the rest of the show, we are wide open today. And I, me and Josh were talking a little bit about it before we jumped on today. Want to hear your draft ideas. Going into the combine next week, testing starts on Thursday. We'll actually get a look at the wide receivers on Saturday. 
what is your favorite draft idea going into the combine? Before all the rumors start, before any trades have happened, what are you cooking up in your mind? 803-0550 is the number to call. And before we hit our first time, I do want to remind you that you're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show, brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for the next hour and a half. You're listening to Extra Point Show, and this is WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Look, this is a team that redefined themselves from one year to the next, right? We saw them flip-flop. They were an offensive team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were a defensive team that won it this year. I, I also recognize that they did it without Tyreek Hill. They've got to put weapons around Mahomes. They can't fall into this trap where they believe that they can just win Super Bowls year after year without weapons. They need to do it. They got through this year. Brett Beach is smart enough, though, to recognize the free agents weren't available last year. But I still think that this team should pursue offensive weapons. Jeff Darlington there talking a lot about the Chiefs and where even though they've won back-to-back Super Bowls, they have been a team that has done it without really any kind of sustainable wide receiver play. Last year, they had a little bit better veteran presence, but this year it was a struggle really up until the playoffs. And a lot of that, a lot of what helped them was the fact that Travis Kelsey really found his form right at the end of the year, right when they needed him to. And he was a guy that had... 70 yards every single playoff game, including the Super Bowl, and multiple touchdowns. I mean, he was far better in the playoffs than he was at any point in the regular season. I think having 32 catches as well in four games. Tell that to my really, fantasy team. I was going to say, yeah. Like, so, <laughs> I, didn't, I had both of them. Pain. I had both of them. Watching them do that in the playoffs was painful because it was like, where was this all season? Yeah, all like, season. You could have won me a championship. <laughs> oh, it's tough. Time now to get connected to our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Let's go to the phones. We've got Ryan on the line. Ryan, good morning, my friend. How are we doing? Good, guys. How are you? Doing very well. Good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I was just calling to give my input on your question about the draft. Um, I agree we need a receiver, but I'm kind of apprehensive about thinking that he'll actually see the field because between uh, the last several years, offensive draft picks, Dalton Kincaid's the only one I can think of that really gets a real role. 
you know, I was thinking back to last summer, last off season, we were, you know, very focused on who's our slot guy. And it seems like we've had <clears throat> Shakir who could be one of the best slot guys. We've had him the whole time. So I was just thinking of like Hodgins and shorter and even, uh, Sherfield and the guys we got in the off season that were not in the draft, they hardly saw the field. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering what it would take for an offensive player to actually make an impact this year and not, you know, sit and incubate for a year or two before we try to use them. Yeah, sounds good, Ryan. Thanks for the call. I will say the reason why I have faith, and I, and I very much understand people's apprehension of even believing that a rookie will do anything. This team has been very old for a number of years. They really do let their rookies. I think incubate is probably the best way to put it. I like how Ryan put it there is that they, they wait. They really do let Yeah, because it's not like they get bad. They No. They get bad. Like, look at Shakir. Shakir sat for a little while, and yeah. now he's My problem with Shakir, and I can understand where Ryan is here, too, is I was a big fan of Shakir in his rookie year. I right. thought it was ridiculous yeah. that we weren't seeing him more. Me, you, and Derek Kramer were all on the uh, Shakir train. Yeah, the it's, Shakir it's train a separate has been entity. a thing. Like, it's a separate entity than the wide receiver train. Exactly. It's a very <laughs> different. It's very different. The vibes are very different. But that's kind of been my thing is I've wanted Shakir to play. So I, I very much understand where people are coming from. And, and I will say, though, the last two years specifically, they've really gotten their young guys involved very early. That's not, what I was not thinking, Not solely too. on the offense. So I, I know what Ryan's saying there. But, like... Elam had to fight for his spot with Christian Benford, who's a rookie in his own class, and ultimately Elam has lost out. Benford is, is you know, one of their core pieces on the defense. Shakir finally got going, but it's only year two. Let's not mm. freak out about that. Bernard, same thing, but he was behind Edmonds, who was their starting middle linebacker and was right. up until he left for big money in Chicago. And really, Bernard got his shot mostly because of the Milano injury. Well, no, he was already playing there. Well, Bernard, Bernard, or, right, uh, but, Milano was outside, Bernard was inside. Right, so. but still, like... It, Bernard got more of the spotlight. Oh well, yeah. When yeah. when Milano was Bernard, there. all of a sudden became like the Bills linebacker. Right, exactly. But, so he was playing James Cook, of course. I think I would have liked to have seen him just be like the Bills running back last year. Yeah, but they, they brought back not. Singletary. They still had Moss. Like that, mm-hmm. it was a very weird situation. But Cook but, ultimately got going, and then this past year, Kincaid and Osiris Torrance really from the word go were starters on this Bills roster. Yeah, and along with that. So, I mean, the last two years they've gotten much better at, at outright playing rookies. This, you know, to end the year, Brandon Bean said they're going to have to. They're going to have to get younger. Like, they know they're losing a lot of their veteran presence that they've had for a number of years, and they now know they have to get younger. I think as well, they were humbled a bit this year with always going to the cheap option at wide receiver. You know, we don't have to go into the draft. We can just go get this free agent, that free agent, and it finally truly bit them mm-hmm. and I, I tweeted out here and we'll read a response as well from Dominic who I know has been somebody who has just bang, been banging the Troy Franklin drum hard he tweeted that in because for me it was this offseason has really been coming to the realization that this team has yet to even replace John Brown because they just have not really put any sort of real assets into the wide receiver position Emmanuel Sanders was a fun idea but even then, he got old very, very quickly and put up a fine year with the Bills, but it was a single year. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't it, like he was here for two, three years, and like this year was like, okay, now uh, you know, Sherfield and Hardy are here to replace Emmanuel. Yeah. He was here for a single year. He had 72 targets, 42 catches, 626 yards, and four touchdowns on 13 games or on 14 games played. Was that 2022? 21. 21, okay. So yeah, see, I was by the end of the year, right? He's not even a guy. Yeah, in the first like what eight games, he had a pretty big impact, and then it just kind of drastically dipped. 
pulling up I the think, game log now. But I, I mean, you know, we brought up uh, John Brown earlier in the first segment, and I pull up his uh, his football reference page here, and you you, you talk about trying to replace John Brown, essentially, because that's something the Bills haven't been able to do. They tried to do it with Emmanuel Sanders, and it worked for a bit, but it didn't stick. Yeah, from week, and really from week nine on, 27 yards, 26 yards, 28 yards, 22 yards, 25 yards, inactive week 14, 20 yards, inactive week 16, 17 in the playoffs, two catches for 36 yards against the New England Patriots in what ultimately becomes the perfect game, yep. and then one target, one catch, 16 yard in 13 seconds. I mean, effectively, by week ten, on, week nine on, he goes over thirty yards one time. Right. While in the beginning of the year, he had two games of ninety yards. He had one that was seventy-four. Another was sixty-five. His first game with the Bills was a four-catch, fifty-two-yard performance. I mean, the, the, that's. The, but by the end of the year, when you needed him to show up, he was a non-factor completely. Well, right. And the other thing, too, is is you – like I was saying, you're talking about trying to replace John Brown with basically another version of John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Or this year, you tried to replace the two of them with – maybe not replace, but reinvent, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. is like with Sherfield and Hardy. And it didn't work. It hasn't worked because you're getting players that are equivalent to what you had. John Brown – Played here when he was 29, 30, and 32 because he came back yep, at the yep. end of the 2022 season for playoffs, basically. And you're so you're trying to, and this is no knock on John Brown. John Brown was great for the Bills. He had a great NFL career, but you're trying to replace a 30 year old wide receiver with another, another 30 year old wide receiver. receiver. You should be trying to get younger. And I think that's another reason why you don't have to worry about the Bills not playing if they draft a wide receiver in the first few rounds here. You don't have to worry about them not playing that guy because that's been their focus. Like you said, Brandon Bean said that in his end-of-the-year presser. They want to get younger. They need to get younger because there's not many options available for them. They can't go after the big fish with Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, if he's available, T. Higgins. Like You can't yeah. go after that guy even though that – I mean, Mike Evans is 30, but he would be someone that's like – He's, he's on that's a okay. trajectory. Like, that's yeah. okay if you, re- if you bring him in and, mm-hmm. and he's 30. But – Michael Pittman's younger. T. Higgins is younger. You can't bring those guys in. You don't have the cap space. So you have to go in the draft and identify talent. And that's why I think it's not going to be a problem to play these guys right out of the, right off the bat, especially with what they did with Dalton Kincaid last year. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. the premier target I will say for a lot of the games. My frustration there was early in the season, they seemingly had no idea how to use both him and Dawson Knox. They right. seemingly had no idea, and Kincaid was just sitting there like, his average yards per target were like six yards, seven yards, yeah, which and then is atrocious. It took like till week like seven. It took it, it took Knox getting hurt. Yeah, it for, it, it yeah. took Knox not being on the field for them to be like, cool, we can send him down the middle of the field. Yeah, I think the the one game that I remember, I think kind of his pop off game, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, if I'm remembering correctly, was the Tampa Bay game. Yeah, yeah. The, in week eight, he had. Wrong button there. Well, Khalil Shakir was the leading receiver that game with 92 yards, which was interesting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, James Cook had a great game on the ground. But then Don Kincaid hit 65 yards on five catches, which it's not I'll like, take that for a tight end, though. Right. That's not big yardage per catch, but that's 10, 12 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. And he's, getting, he's getting you first downs every time he touches yeah. the ball. I will so, say also on John Brown real quick. He also had a, t- a touchdown that game. 
That's right. And that's also got to be something that changes, too. He had two this this whole year. Right. He should have. Like, I'm, ta- I'm taking the receptions and yards, and I'm fine. Yeah. You, you've got to give me, like, five touchdowns at least. I was thinking closer year. to ten. Yeah, we could be closer there. I will say on John Brown as well. His first year, obviously, we all know in 2019 when they did get him, he was targeted 115 times, 72 catches, just over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. The next year, dealt with injuries and COVID, only played nine games, 52 targets, 33 catches, 458 yards, and three touchdowns. The Bills really have not had a second receiver at all in this run. Cole Beasley is a slot guy. I'm, I'm fine with that, but that's a very different receiver than I'm talking like a second outside guy. They've really never had a consistent guy there. Either you're dealing with Brown and injuries by the end of his career here, Sanders just straight up getting old, Gabe Davis flat out being an inconsistent wide receiver. Diggs has been the only consistent guy. Right. And then come the playoffs, when teams really just are like, no, stop him, we'll be fine, outside of a incredible historic game by Davis, it's worked. You stop Diggs, the passing game kind of goes away. Well, look at this whole season. Yeah. Until the end of the year when Khalil Shakir starts finally getting used the correct way, mm-hmm. it was, well, it's not going to Diggs, so Allen, do something fun. And like, that's, you can figure I think, it out. I, I'm still under the impression that is why they got so heavy in the run. They knew they did not have the personnel to realistically run their offense. Because even if, look, they know Kincaid and Shakir are hitting. They're not guys that are stretching the field. They don't have the speed to, or they're just not in that position. Shakir is a slot guy. They don't have the ability to stretch the field, so the, the passing game is going to be way too short anyways. It's effectively going to be the run game, which it was. We're having Allen complete 32 passes for under 200 yards late in the season. So, I mean, they know they need wide receiver. For me, it's just I now need to see them actually do it before I'm willing to relax. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Chris in Hamburg on the line. Chris, good morning. Good morning, guys. Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. I've been talking to a lot of people about the draft coming up, and obviously they have a need for receivers. Um, I mean, honestly, with this draft, I'm trying to get as many receivers as possible. I would even go as far as taking a receiver in the first and second round. Um, it, it's literally just process of elimination. And if you have – three or four receivers that you get out of this draft class, you're going to hit on one of them. You know, and I really want to see, I really want to see this organization be serious about getting Josh help. You know, we had the 13 second game and what was their knee jerk reaction? The next draft. Oh, we'll we'll draft Rousseau and we'll draft Boogie Basham in the first and second round. So if they're, if they are unwilling to do that, I mean, again, I understand our head coach has a very defensive biased profile, and that's always what he's going to favor. But, you know, show me that you're serious about this draft and getting talent for your quarterback and get more than one receiver. You know, that that's really what I want to see. Just, again, get, get as many bodies as you can into camp and give these guys all competition and a reason to push each other and see who comes out on top. Yeah, Chris, I, I totally agree. Thanks for the call. And I, I, I brought up that point a number of times. He brought up 13 seconds. That their takeaway from that game was to go draft two edge rushers in Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham. Basham is no longer on the roster. Right. And yeah. he was not on the roster for very long. I think the other thing they took away from that game was that they didn't need to go get a receiver. And Cabe Davis is going to be amazing. Well, and, and that's a fair assumption, too, because look at the game he had. But it, it's also, I, I think we were talking about this yesterday, it was one game. It wasn't like he had a whole season of 
hey guys, like I'm here, like I'm a really good wide receiver. It was a, it was one game and a couple during the regular season. Funny enough, Gabe Davis is the most consistent, inconsistent wide receiver of all time. <laughs> He's consistent. He puts up around yeah. the same stats every year. He's never had under five touchdowns in a season, and outside of one, his second year, he had seven touchdowns in every single year. Mm-hmm. But you need more from your wide receiver. But he also, too. well, my thing too is he also catches around fifty percent of his passes. Wow. So like, it's it like that's every the thing year is like, like total. Uh, in year one he caught fifty six point five. Year two fifty five point six. Year three fifty one point six, and then year four fifty five point six. Wow. Well, and it's also too like you look at the comparables to the loss to the Texans. Also, and then the loss to the Chiefs. The mm-hmm. loss to the Texans provoked them to trade for Stephon Diggs. Yeah. And also, let's go through his last four games real quick. So we got to hit a break here. Real quick, his last four games of that 2021 season, which of course culminates in 13 seconds. Week 16 against Atlanta. Three targets, three catches, 40 yards. Next week, the final week, against the Jets. Oh boy. 14 targets, three catches, 39 yards. Yikes. The next week against the New England Patriots, three targets, two catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown, and then ultimately culminating in 10 targets, eight catches, 201 yards, and four touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's But, like, that is Gabe Davis. They should not have taken that away from it. Realistically, they got caught in the moment there. Mm-hmm. All right, we do got to take a quick time out here. You are listening to the Northtown Automotive X-Point Show. And that is brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown Auto. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, still looking for your calls. 803-0550. If you want to give your favorite draft idea as we get ready for the Combine next week, we would love to hear it. And we will do that after a quick timeout. You're listening to the X-Point Show here on WGR. Sabres are back in action tonight, 7 o'clock, in Montreal to take on the Canadians. Also a team, it's just, whatever. They made a finals appearance a few years ago. Outside of that, they've also been no, bad. Hang on, hang on, real quick. That was the bubble playoffs. That was. The Sabres were slated to play Montreal the night the league got canceled. No, it wasn't the bubble playoffs. It was the year after the bubble. No, it was. Because it was the year that they had the, the Canadian division. No, it was the bubble. Be- the the Canadians the made the playoffs as the twenty fourth team. Yeah, but they didn't make the Cup final in the bubble year. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I saw, I thought it was. They the, made I it thought the it was next the same year. year. Okay. Yeah, the it, was, it was the next year. Yep. Dallas, Tampa Bay, and then Tampa Bay. Right. Montreal. That's right. Yep. Okay. I I thought it, regardless, Montreal should not have made the playoffs because the Sabers were slated to play <laughs> them that night, and the Sabers were one point behind the Canadians. Therefore, COVID was out against the Sabers. That. That's why it happened. There you COVID go. COVID didn't want the Sabres to make the playoffs. That's Which why it happened. Which is probably fair. <laughs> it's probably a fair I, I will never forgive the Canadians for that. I mean, but, it, it, oh, man, just. They're just two fumbling teams. It's just, yeah, it's just two teams point. hanging out. Happy to be there, really. Happy to be there. Cal Clegg revenge game. If he plays. Oh, there we go. There yeah, we go. If he plays. If he plays. I think he's on the roster. I think he is still on the roster. I don't know if. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he'll play, maybe he won't, but that'd be kind of cool. Going to find out. Yeah. Going to find out. Got to take another quick time out here. Still looking for your calls. 803-0550 for your 
favorite draft idea before we head into the combine next week. We will get a look at the wide receivers on, or that'll be next Saturday, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. But the actual testing will start with defensive linemen and linebackers. That'll be on Thursday. Still looking for calls. 803-0550 is the number to call. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for another hour. You're listening to Extra Point Show here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think to me, as a three, as like a complimentary receiver, I would love to have a guy like a Gabe Davis who can stretch the field vertically and can win down the field. The problem is when he is lining up as your every down like number two receiver, there is a limitation there that's hard to get around, especially when teams are trying to take away your number one in Stephon Diggs. And prior to this year, right, they got a lot out of Kincaid. And again, late in the year, they got a lot out of Khalil Shakir. You don't really necessarily have those other threats there as well. Matt Harmon of Reception Perception yesterday with Bulldog and Nate. And I think that's where a lot of us are sitting now with Gabe Davis is he's a great piece to have. He is not, though, your number two. He is not your eventual number one. And really, I think what hurt him was that massive playoff game. Eight catches, 200 yards, four touchdowns, historic. It's a record, the whole thing. And ultimately, he's given you amazing value as a fourth-round pick. Amazing value. The fact of the matter is, is if they had actually gone out and got another receiver in the first or second round and augmented the position... Gabe Davis is probably still here because he's seen as a third receiver that can do a lot for you. Maybe he's leaving still because it's like, ah, some teams see him as a two, what have you. But he would not be nearly as polarizing of a figure if in that game he just had, you know, six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown, or even two. But it was because it was a record-breaking performance that really just sent him into the stratosphere. I tweeted out his last four games of that 21 season, ultimately, of course, culminating in 13 seconds. It's, you know, it's the Gabe Davis experience. Three targets, three catches for 40 yards. 14 targets for three catches for 39 yards. Three targets, two catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. And then, of course, 10 targets, eight catches for 201 yards and four touchdowns. And then going into 2022, it's the Gabe Davis experience again against the Rams. Five targets, four catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. He's inactive against Tennessee, against Miami in a game that is the heat wave game and and everyone complains about it. He had six targets, three catches, 37 yards. Against Baltimore in a rainy, gross game, three targets, one catch, 13 yards. You were at that game, weren't you? I was at that game. Against Pittsburgh, six (laughs) catches, uh, six targets, three catches, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. Not... Not to burst your well, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't know I, if I'm I, bursting I, your I bubble here, but that the, the 98 of those yards are one. It's catch. a single play, yeah, it's so, a single play. Which it was a great play, but I mean, I feel like it was more mm-hmm. the throw. I mean, he made a great catch, so I, I don't know. I don't want to dis, I don't want to discredit him too much there, but like 98 of those 171 yards are one play. But he also did it only on three catches, so like all of his catches were long. Yeah, exactly. But 
it's it's you're like we're sitting here having this conversation of him as a wide receiver too. If they drafted a wide receiver after 13 seconds, he's almost certainly looked at as a wide receiver three or like a two B kind but of a, guy. But a really good three or two right. B, yeah, like a and really good piece to have. And that's what he should be on the Bills. And like, because like you said, he could be a two on another team if they use him differently or have a different quarterback system, whatever. But I'm I'm looking at. The, the 2022 draft. The Bills draft Kyrie Elam. Mm-hmm. That's directly following 13 seconds and all that stuff. And Christian Watson is the first wide receiver off the board after the Yeah, Bills thanks pick. for reminding me. I'm I'm sorry. I knew I was going to do that. One of you. my great draft crushes of all time. I'm sorry. I knew I was going to do that to you. But that's where I'm looking at it. Like, you know, Watson is great with Green Bay now. But in that draft in particular, could – they have really done any better than Christian Watson, you know, and, 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 and is Christian Watson that much of an improvement over Gabe Davis immediately? So maybe not, like, maybe not. I mean, I, right I now say, might, we might be looking at it differently because yeah. he he's had his moments with green Bay, but he's also had his moments where it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you just dropped a wide open touchdown. I will like, say with 2022, especially you're coming off of the Tredavious white injury. So cornerback was like always going to be the number one pick. It, it realistically always was going to be. My problem has been when they do draft receiver I don't want to say it's at a throwaway pick, but again, it's it's pretty glaring when Gabe Davis as a fourth round pick is the highest your GM has drafted a wide receiver in a very pass heavy offense with Josh Allen at quarterback. That to me is the most glaring part. I'm fine that they didn't take a wide receiver in the first round of 2022. I'm more than okay with it. But in rounds two, three, you couldn't, you couldn't throw a flyer on a one, and ultimately be like, hey, Gabe Davis is great. We could be better. Look at what the Bengals do. Yeah. The with... Bengals had T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd already. And they drafted Jamar Chase. And they went and drafted Jamar Chase. And I think I think Joe Burrow had a lot of influence. On, not not Joe Burrow himself, but I think the fact that he was in Cincinnati has oh, a lot of influence probably, on that. Probably. Because there was also talk like they should take Jonah Williams. Because like, you know, right. there was the meme of like, you know, Jonah Williams protecting Burrow, throwing to anyone. It's a completion. No, you know, Chase may be open, but Burrow's on his back. That ultimately proved to be wrong because they get the ball out so quick. Yeah. But then you also look at the Packers where, yeah, they maybe are the – and I've said it a few times on this show. They are the team I most want to emulate because they have taken receivers seemingly everywhere. And they have just loaded it up. Yeah, there, there are some guys that are flyers in the fifth, sixth round. Sure. But they've worked too. But they've also taken guys in the second, third, first round. They've they've just grabbed guys with good traits and are like, okay, like boom, 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 boom. Like we're gonna fill out the roster. More darts at the dartboard. Yeah, more which darts is, at the dartboard. That's... Which we, we took a caller that kind of said the same thing of like, look, if you ha- if you draft three of them, one probably hits, right? And if you miss on all three, one, that's terrifying. And two, that's kind Not of un- lie, I'm slightly impressed. Yeah. And that's also like unheard of. Like it, that's that's the thing. Like why I understand. There's other positions. There's other needs. Defensive line is one of them. But 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 wide receiver has become such a need because you ignored it. And you have one of the elite quarterbacks, top two quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. When he has the right weapons. Yep. And if he doesn't have the right weapons, he's still regarded as top five, even top three. Yeah. So, just going through, real quick, with Green Bay's last two drafts. 2023, they take Jaden Reed in the second round. They also took uh, Wicks in the fifth round. The year prior, Watson in the second. Romeo Dobbs in the fourth. 
I always forget that Romeo Dobbs is like still young. For some reason, in my mind, Amir Rodgers isn't even on Green Bay anymore. He was taken in the third round of the 2021 draft. Right, but for for some reason, Romeo Dobbs in my mind is like 28, and I don't know. He's why. been in the league for years, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it's it's weird. I don't I don't get it. But but I because they I, they made him work right away. Yeah, and I think you're right though. Like Green Bay is probably one of the best teams to look at and say this is what the Bills need to do, but. The difference maker is is you have your quarterback. Like, yeah, sure, Jordan Love's doing great things for the Packers, but the Bills have Josh Allen. And if you put an elite wide receiver, a first-round talent wide receiver with Josh Allen, like if you even if you put Christian Watson, who could have been a first-round pick, but he was a second-round pick, mm-hmm. second pick of the second round. Yeah, he's very early. Yeah. If you put him with Allen, I think he's your wide receiver too. And I know I just said, oh, well, like, you know, you never know what he could have done with Buffalo. He had injuries. He's had drops. He's had issues. Mm-hmm. But he's in a different system. He's with a different quarterback. He's with a different team. He's learning under Stephon Diggs. He's working alongside Gabe Davis, pushing Gabe Davis as well. That's something we talked about a lot with the Sabres yesterday in terms of competition. When you put, when you put professional athletes up against their job, they're going to perform at their best ability, or you're going to see what, they re- what they're really made of. Mm-hmm. And. You never know what you could have gotten out of Gabe Davis if you put more pressure on him. Like, yeah, putting putting him at a wide receiver, too, puts pressure on him. Mm-hmm. But putting someone else there saying, like, hey, he's um he's going to hang out with you this year, and he might, you know, take your job. Yeah. Have fun. Have fun. Like, figure it out. I just, I don't know. I, I, I And this is, this is the problem. It, it, I, I know we all get caught up in, they got to take one in the first round. They've got to take one in the first round. For me, the bigger problem has been, like, they took Gabe Davis in the fourth and essentially have ignored the position since. They've only gone to free agency, quick fixes here and there. I've I've called it just crappy duct tape. Like, it's duct tape that's already been used. It's a Band-Aid on something that requires, like, a bandage. And now we're sitting here. and But like now we're sitting here with wide receivers in need because you've ignored it so bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, th- like that is why we are here. Is that Gabe Davis? Ultimately, even if you had the money, you probably aren't bringing him back. You mm-hmm. probably aren't. I get the Bills may want to bring him back on a cheap deal. Like this thing, if he goes to the open market and he is not getting big money at all, and he wants to come back on like a two-year, seven million dollar per year deal, so two years, fourteen million, I'd be fine with that because yeah. he is a great complimentary piece. Right. Exactly. And, and putting him with a rookie guy. And Diggs and Shakir and Kincaid, that'd be a great. That'd be good. Like, and then all of a sudden, group. yeah, you aren't in such a dire situation. Yeah. But my, and this is maybe a ridiculous fear to have, but personally, this is my fear. Is that if they did sign Gabe Davis back, they would sit there and go, we'll just take a receiver in the fifth. Like we have so many defensive yep. line needs. Yep. Because they've proven to me that that's what they will do. Yeah. Is that they will sign someone in free agency and go, receiver's fine. Our captain's back. Everyone's happy. We'll be fine. And in reality, I would I would say like seventy five percent of the fan base would be furious. Even if it's I a cheap it's... deal for Davis, I yeah. think seventy five percent of the fan base would be furious. I also wonder, like, and I I've been very much on the get one in the first round, but that's really only if the quality is there. Like, if you're reaching for a guy that you can get at sixty, or even trade up from sixty and get it like fifty, don't take him at twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Like. That that's where I'm at this point. But the point is, the bigger point is, take a guy that will impact your team. Don't take a guy where it takes him a year or two to get going. Where like yeah. with Shakir or even with Gabe Davis. And Gabe Davis, like we've been saying, has 
it's been inconsistent, consistently inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It, it, you'll have that great game every once in a while, but then he'll disappear for five weeks. And then he'll have like an okay string of games. And then boom, there's the p- blow up game. And oh, well, there he goes for another four or five weeks. And that's something that I think you avoid, even if you're in the second or third round with receivers. I don't want them to wait to the third round, but you know, if you get someone of value there, then great. But it's, it's about making these calculated risks of going and getting guys, yeah. even if it's maybe per- perceived as like a, a reach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there's, there's reaches and then there's bad reaches. Yeah, oh, and, and that's my fear, right? Like I brought up in the first hour of like all of a sudden seven receivers have gone and you're sitting there going, we got to do it, we got to do it. No. Right. Some restraint. Yeah. Because you don't want to be that team that does go get the eighth receiver in the first round. Likely that won't happen. I think a lot of draft experts have kind of been saying that it's likely more four or five that go because yeah. it's such a deep class. But if like our eight gone in the first, or you're going to be taking the seventh, eighth guy in the first round, please don't. Like I'll even I, I've been one of, if not the leaders of the wide receiver train. I was the guy passing notes to Jeremy about asking guests about Christian Watson, and I'd be like, maybe you should take a defensive tackle, guys, <laughs> because. It, like that is that is my fear is just like you've put yourself in such a box that there's so little way out. Well, because then it becomes the the EJ Manuel draft. Oh, yep. well, we got to draft one, so let's just draft one. Oh, Jalen Polk's there at twenty eight. Okay, Jalen Polk, I'd be okay. With. I, lo- I like Polk a lot because Polk is fun, but it's it's the value thing again of like you know yep. you might need him, but at twenty eight maybe maybe not. It's it's a little rich for my blood. Let's go to Pete in the car. Pete, how are we doing today? Hey, good, good. Hey, guys, you know, I'd love them to trade up to pick up a wide receiver. It's just I'm betting any money we're going to have a real hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. What about trading back into the second if somebody wants to come into the first and picking up a third-round pick? Because then we get a second and a third, two, two seconds, two-thirds, and then they definitely can pick two receivers, no problem, and then get one of their defensive guys, whoever that has to be. But at least, because I really, I looked at a lot of these receivers. There's a whole lot mm-hmm. of receivers in here are really, really good. I mean, I have, I have my favorite, five favorites. Yeah, I like Franklin, too. Uh, but, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, I, I like him, too. I just don't. It's going to be hard to trade up. And, uh, uh, you know, next year we're going to have the same problem. We're still going to need some people. So uh, it may be better to trade back. I don't know. You guys mull it over. I'll listen. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Pete. And I kind of love that. I like, actually I really love that because Carolina is the first team that comes to mind. They don't have a first-round pick. And, and you can, and you can maybe see them getting a little, get a little, you know, wild right. out here. Going, and like, you also Wait have, a second. you have that whole Buffalo, Carolina connection, so you can just call like, them up, which is kind of dead now. It is. Like, no yeah. one is there anymore. No, but it it was there, so you have the history. So I don't know. I I, I honestly really yeah. like that because there are teams that would want to get back in as long as you. I mean, you you won't be able to confirm it, but like as long as you can kind of make sure that they're not going to take who you're going to take. Mm-hmm. Like, and and my only worry there though though is. Let's say you want to trade back and take a receiver. Kansas City's right behind you. That's yeah. That's my thing. <laughs> that's the one thing that normally not I'd be sitting here great. going like trading back's great. I love the idea. You can pick up more picks because they they do need to get younger. They've got to fill a lot of roster holes. They're going to have ten picks. But as Pete pointed out, like if they trade back in the second round, they'll have two seconds and hopefully two thirds. Now all of a sudden we're cooking with gas here. Like you yeah. take a receiver, you're going to get good value. You can take a guy like Trevandre Sweat. You're probably going to, you know, if you're trading out of the first round, likely someone in the second round. Carolina is trading in. Carolina has the first pick of the second round. So, so. And, and I think Pete even brought up like Troy Franklin's an idea. There's a good chance he's there at the first pick of the second round. There's a very good chance. Right. 
And so now all of a sudden you could be in this scenario walking away with what many consider, myself included, a first-round wide receiver talent in the second round plus picking up more picks. Absolutely. I, I love that. It is the fear, though, of a team like Kansas City of just like, but they go out and get Brian Thomas Jr. Or now, realistically, yeah. if they're trading back, it likely does mean five, six receivers have been taken and maybe two ed- or two tackles have been taken. And it's like, okay, guys, like let's... Let's maximize our maximize our assets here. Yeah, let's let's maximize it and move back. And so then, I'm, I guess in that scenario, I'd be less worried because it's likely that there isn't that receiver available that is freaking you out in the first round. Well, the maybe other, it's still an Adonai Mitchell. Maybe the other thing too is is unless someone else is trading into the first round for a second pick, the only two teams that don't have a first round pick this year are Carolina and Cleveland. So mm-hmm. there, you only have two trade partners there. And like I said, Carolina has the first pick of the second round because they didn't trade that away somehow. <laughs> they, they decided to make that decision. But the that Browns aren't that high up in the second round. They're probably like 50-ish, mm-hmm. I think, somewhere around there. So The Bills? The Browns. Oh, the Browns. Let me actually. The Browns, be well, because the that. Browns are five picks ahead of the Bills. Okay. In the first round if they mm-hmm. had it. It's Houston's now. Um but that I mean pick 54. Okay, so 50 yeah, so six six picks ahead of the Bills it's 60. So in that case you're not getting in to the second round in the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. You would your only trade partner here that doesn't have a first round pick really is Carolina. Carolina, yeah. You're not going to trade that you're not going to trade with with Cleveland for that unless and, you're getting <sighs> somehow getting something else in return. But, I think now I'm having a tough time, though, even considering Carolina trading up because if the Bills are trading out, they both need wide receivers desperately. Right, yeah. And why would Carolina go get one if the Bills, if, if the Bills aren't, aren't going to pick one? one. Yeah, right. so like, it, it's a fun idea. I love it. I'm always I'm always in for trading back. Well, I mean, what, el- what else does Carolina need besides wide receiver? Maybe offensive talent, line? Talent. They talent. need talent. <laughs> New quarterback? Just everything, really. Man, could you imagine if they – I mean, like, that's – so poor. <laughs> just, just like I said, hey, from hey, you put in competition. You say, hey, play for your job. Maybe you'll get something out of Bryce I mean, Young. All right, no, let, I'm, let, no, I'm, let, I'm just kidding. They're not gonna like Carolina's not gonna take the a early second round. Does see New England at two, sort of pick thirty four. Arizona at thirty five. Washington at thirty six. I mean, there's a few teams there. It doesn't have to be Carolina. The Giants. I mean, this could also be though. This could also be. If we're looking at the Giants, the Patriots, potentially, depending on how they use their first-round pick, I think they could trade back. You want to get a fifth-round option on a quarterback. Bo Nix, Michael Penix. You're trading up. Buffalo is willing to trade down. You move up, you get that fifth-year op- or you get that fifth year option. Fifth-year Okay, I, see. I, I, I yeah. was like, fifth round? Wow. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You get that fifth-year option because you draft the quarterback in round one. Mm-hmm. Bills move back to, I'll go... Let's go the the Giants there, so they go to pick thirty nine. Oh, so in this scenario, the Giants would take yeah, uh, uh, Penix or Bonix. It right. doesn't really matter there. Yeah, but also with that, because you are moving, they're moving up quite a bit. That's going to be eleven pick jump. You also could get probably more than a third rounder. You're probably getting a third and a second, and maybe like next year's fourth or this year's fourth. Do you think you get a second out of it? Ah, uh, no, it's probably a bit aggressive. Yeah, it's probably a bit much, but it also could be because they're trading for a quarterback. You could. Leverage that. Leverage that. And then also, you were talking Carolina connection. That's a legit connection. 
with Joe Shane and Brian Dable there. Right, yeah. That's a legit connection. And I kind of like that idea, but again, it would take six, seven receivers have gone before the Bills even pick. Mm-hmm. And at that point, as Bills fans, we're probably going, why haven't they moved up? What is happening? Yeah, and then and then it's also like, what else could be in the works? Yeah, you know, what like else could what, be in what, the works? You look at round one, too. I mean, we talk, let, let's go just, Marvin Harrison goes to Arizona. Let's just go bang, bang, bang. Arizona takes Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors goes to the Chargers, and then Roma Dunze goes to the Giants. I cannot imagine. But it's definitely <laughs> possible. I cannot imagine then the Bears at nine take Brian Thomas Jr. That would be nuts. That I feel like would be a very aggressive and would kind of radically change the draft. Yeah. And that that's like something where like you know how like you said the experts don't really see that see, sort of thing happening. Yeah, exactly. Like I just think that But maybe like, you know, the Colts. They lose Michael Pittman. That's or true. they or they don't even want to bring him back. They let him walk. Mm-hmm. They could take one at fifteen. The Jaguars. Jaguars at 17 could absolutely take somebody. Bengals at 18. Bengals could. Again, it depends on the T. Higgins situation. Right. And we're going to see that by the draft. Yep. So, I mean, Could Houston take a receiver at 23? I don't think so. I think they need a little more defensive help. Dallas, probably not 24. Green Bay, probably not 25. Tampa, 26. Mike Evans, it looks like he's leaving. Yeah. And, and you're going to pay big money to Baker, so you want to make sure that's going to be worth it. Arizona probably doesn't at 27. Yeah, because they probably already have They already Marvin have Marvin Harrison Jr. Jr. But so, I mean, there's room where there could be teams that, that take a receiver there. That is a feasible yeah. option that all of a sudden, oh, crap, six guys are gone. And it's to teams that you couldn't trade up with because they were like, no, I'm taking a receiver here. Yeah. What about trading up to the Rams? I think that's too far. That's 19. See, I've, I've been locked in with Pittsburgh on this one. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh at great 20. One. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a one-pick difference, but Pittsburgh's but then, the one I've been locked what's in What's nice with. about Pittsburgh is you can't really you – you're not going to jump Cincinnati or Jacksonville, I don't unfortunately. Think so. Or even – and obviously Indianapolis at 15. But if you jump up to Pittsburgh, you jump up ahead of Miami, mm-hmm. Houston, Dallas, Tampa, and obviously you're still ahead of Kansas City and Baltimore. Yep. And I'm just looking at the AFC opponents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And – because I also wonder, what does a team like Detroit do? I got to imagine they go cornerback. Like their, uh, yeah, they their have secondary to. was so bad. They have to. But but at the same time, you never know. They they might want to well, get they on were the also, action. They were also a team that I mean, it, it worked out for like a year. But they took Jameer Gibbs with in the top fifteen last year. They're not. I don't. No, I don't think they're going to go that crazy again. I just I, I look at like them and Baltimore and even San Francisco with Brandon Ayuk leaves. Yeah, apparently Ayuk's a thing. So, like, yeah. he could be traded. Now, all of a sudden, you do have a, a need there because Debo Samuel, especially the way they play him, he's not a guy that is going to be sustainable long-term. And also, someone in that organization has to be honest with themselves about Brock Purdy. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> right. has to be. Yeah. I, I just I, I think it's interesting, though, because, like, when we started with this, with, with Pete's take on that whole— Loved it. I loved it at loved first, it. and now that we're dissecting it a little bit, I'm hating it more and more as we go. I think because I'm so scared of the fact of if you trade out and, like like you said, if it, in this scenario you probably trade out if there's six receivers gone, but then you also lose out on probably seven and eight as well because Kansas City's going to take one, and then whoever you're trading with might take one as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a weird it's, spot they're it's in, tough. and it's and it's why I love this season. And it's also why I, it, I'm somewhat optimistic about the Bills. I'm so excited for them to get younger because, look, we've tried to win a Super Bowl with this current core. It didn't work. 
that's okay. Because, again, looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, they were just, uh, they're going to be a more talented team these last few years. They have more Hall of Famers. They had better assistant coaches, Steve Spagnola, compared to, you know, Leslie Frazier for a few years. You know, maybe Eric Bieniemy and Brian Dable are a wash, but they had a better defensive coordinator and realistically, at times, better defensive players with Chris Jones, McDuffie the last two years, Legereus Sneed been very good. Carl Loftus has been a better edge rusher than the two they've had. So, I mean, it, it's tough, but it's it's an honest look at the Bills. Now you can see them get younger and I think attack certain positions that they have ignored for a few years here. Got to take a quick time out here. Still looking for your calls, 803-0550 if you want to jump in on this conversation and give your favorite draft idea as we head into Combine Week next week. Zach Jones, Josh Man, hanging out with you for another half hour. You're listening to The X Point Show. This is WGR. For wherever the Bills want to do late in the first round, whether it is beef up wide receiver, whether it is add some big bulk in the middle on the defensive line and a guy like Devondre Sweat or a Byron Murphy from Texas as well if he's, if he's there, I think they're in a good spot to get a guy not just to come in and wear a jersey like Mozzie Smith did for the Cowboys this year, but a good guy that can produce as well. Ryan Fowler of the Draft Network on earlier last week talking a lot of draft prospects but I mean like that's what we're gonna be doing for the next few months especially when the combine hits and oh man dude I I'm so excited for the rumor mill to hit I, that's all I care about rumors now. are rumors are fun I, but it's also hard because now I, not to go on a Twitter rant here but mm-hmm. without the knowing what blue tra- blue check marks are real like it's you got to be careful because you might be see fun. a rumor that's not actually real. Going to be fun. Got to keep your head on a swivel. Man. I follow the um, the NHL rumor bot on Twitter, <laughs> and I know it's fake. But this morning I'm scrolling through and I see Alex Ovechkin announces his retirement, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" Took you a second. And then I was like, "Wait, nope. This is a bot. They're making a funny tweet. It's fine." I was, was going to say, "You got to remember, I'm following <laughs> you for the funnies, yes. not the news." Yeah, exactly. But it, and it'll get you at six in the morning. It, it does, it, especially when you're half awake. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. But but no, the rumor mill is going to be fun. I, I can't wait. I still remember when the uh, the Zach Wilson draft, when everyone was saying the Patriots were going to draft Zach Wilson because of like that one throw he had where Belichick's like, wow, I really like that. See, the thing like, is, in what, that really monotone level. What I remember from that draft is that we knew way too early who picks one and two were. We yeah. knew Trevor Lawrence was going to the Jags, and we knew the Jets were taking Wilson. Yeah. And the big Mac Jones thing I remember was always the San Francisco 49ers we're going to trade up and go get him. And the, well, the, the, they, they had traded up to go get Mac Jones, and everyone's sitting there going like, what? <laughs> and yeah. then ultimately, I think the day of or maybe the week before, it was like, no, no, it's going to be Trey Lance. Like That's who they really like. They want to get a guy who's going to be a difference maker. That went well. Yeah, no, I just, I just remember vividly watching a video of that Zach Wilson throw, and then Belichick just being like, huh. I could talk about <laughs> Zach Wilson as a draft prospect for like days. That like, one, and then that one picture of him that got posted where it's like a weird like bathroom selfie. Oh yeah, oh, and, yeah. and everyone's like, "Look at this guy!" And it's like, just he was <laughs> he was scouting drugs because he had all of the weird angle throws that you look for. Yep, really good tape in his final year. You know, good size, good athleticism, the whole thing. And then like the more you dug into it, you're like, "Oh, he played a really bad schedule." Oh, he also, did he did everything off script. And he's a one-year wonder, and you're just sitting there going like, "Oh boy." <laughs> and but the Jets, I that that is really what I remember from that year so vividly was like they locked themselves in like, "Nope, Zach Wilson's our guy at two, because they botched getting Lawrence because they beat the Rams I think late in the year. Yep. I think it was the Rams, 
And it was just, oh man, like that's that's what I remember is like that draft starting at three, but in reality four because we found out it was going to be Lance either the day of the draft or right before it. Yeah, and it's also like it was funny because everyone was like, Jets, you know the draft doesn't start for another like month, right? Like, no, no, yeah. we're taking Zach Wilson. Like you can do your homework. It's you, okay. You can you can wait to tell us that. Like we don't have to know right now. You can. You want? Are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? They were the kid <laughs> in high school that did their tests like in an obnoxiously Lightning fast speed, way, and, then and everyone knew it's like you did not do well. <laughs> like, like everyone, but they think they 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 think they're like yeah. I did it. And this like, is you, mine. You put in a C effort there. Yep. <laughs> At it. best. Oh. At best. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Mike in Lancaster on the line. Mike, how are we doing today? Good. How are you guys? Doing very well. Okay, here's my – I think the Bills should uh, – I think they should trade down. Uh, I think they should trade down, get an extra second this round, this, this, uh, this, this year, draft? an extra second next year, mm-hmm. and a third this year. Okay. All right, I can I can get behind that. I, I've we, Mike, thanks for the call. We've taken way more calls I thought on people wanting to trade down mm-hmm. than I thought we would. However, there is that forty percent that wants to trade up for trade everything for which for like well, that's, and that's why I wanted to like kind of talk about it. is like we were talking with Jeremy as he as he was leaving. We were taking over of just like yeah, there's a lot of people here. What forty yeah. percent that were willing to like burn everything to the ground to have a Marvin Harrison jersey essentially and. I think that, you know, I think really the takeaway from that, I think Jeremy's spot on too, is like just how desperate people feel to get a wide receiver. But then I was expecting that a lot of calls for people, like maybe not for Marvin Harrison Jr., but to trade up to make sure they go get Brian Thomas Jr. Or right. trade up maybe in like the top 10 to get a Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors. Instead, it's been a lot of people who are much more in the sense of, no, no, trade back. I love the receiver talent in rounds two and three, which I love. Like, I'm like, it's phenomenal, but we look through it too. It's it's going to be a tough time finding a trade partner because teams that maybe want to trade back into the first round are Carolina, who wants a wide receiver, and maybe the Giants, who want a quarterback. But not sure how how realistic would it, and, and I don't want to get too crazy here because I don't know if there'd be any value in doing this unless a certain wide receiver falls. How crazy would it be if the Bills traded tried to trade up? To fourteen with New Orleans, if Roma Dunze doesn't get picked by the Bears. Oh man, I because I'm such a Roma Dunze fan. Me too. My big thing when the Bills were like, you know, not doing great and they were at six and six. Mine was all roads lead to Rome. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, like let's just go for it. But I just, I, I just don't like, know. I look. I, I, so you're saying he like he falls past the Bears at nine, right? Because that's the only guy I'd be willing to go really aggressive for. Because I like. Outside of those big three, the the Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze, you can get who you want within twenty eight to twenty five. Yeah, you could. Like, and and, th- and that means you don't have to move up at all. You can just stay where you are. I'm now it, I'm like, now looking like who would take Roma Dunze if he's not gone at nine. If he doesn't go to Chicago, I think the Jets at ten probably do something. Maybe because I mean, after Garrett Wilson, what do you have? That's an honest question. True. True. Minnesota, no. Denver, maybe? If they keep Judy. Probably not. Raiders? Mm. But I think they're going to be a team that might get... I, I'd be surprised if they pick a 13-2. I think they're going to be a team that maybe goes for a quarterback. You can't go in with Aiden O'Connell. Right. But there's also a chance that maybe they go get Kirk Cousins. And if you get Kirk Cousins, and yep. all of a sudden Adunze's there, oh, now we have Adams, Adunze, we're cooking with something here. Right. But then you also look at 
New Orleans, like I, like I said mm-hmm. in this yep. scenario, if you trade up with New Orleans, they don't really need a wide receiver. They need a quarterback. They need defense. They need anything but wide receiver. I mean, they have Chris Olave. Well, they have Chris Olave. Actually, uh, it's, never, it's, it's the same it's, thing. It's like you uh, said, man, like, this oh, is wow. tricky because really well, only But then again, Olave. you also have to think about it. Like any team that's trading down to twenty eight, because in this scenario, you'd probably you would trade the twenty eighth pick. You would probably, I feel like, you'd have to trade maybe next year's second or first. Right, you might be trading this year, next year's first, if you're going all the way from what are we saying? So twenty eight to fourteen. Yeah, you might be trading next year's first. You actually, you're probably trading next year's first. But again, if if Adunze is there, that I think has value. I would agree with that. If it's if it's fourteen fifteen range, so like the Saints and the Colts, because then you because then you assure that in that scenario, mm-hmm. if, if Adunze is there at fourteen, mm-hmm. do you then assure that the Colts don't get him? The Bengals don't get him. The Jags don't get yep. him. And then everyone else that we've already mentioned with, you know, Houston, Miami, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Kansas City. Like, you have all of that room there to breathe and say, all right, look, we got this guy. They can't get him. They can't get whoever. Because then, again, you're trading with New Orleans in this case, and New Orleans could take a wide receiver at 28 and, you know, mess up somebody's plans to take uh, Brian Thomas Jr. Yeah, and I mean, and for them, it could be just like, hey, we're potentially going to be a bad team next year. Let's load up on like next year and this year's picks, get mm-hmm. really young, the whole thing. The Colts, I don't see doing that because I think the Colts are sitting there going, like, man, if we had our rookie quarterback this year, we right. may have won the AFC South. Yeah. So they're not going to be sitting there thinking that. The Saints could be. The Saints yeah. could be thinking, you know, our cap still sucks and we need to get young. We, we need to get talented yeah. in a few years. And I they can don't see that as well. They do need a quarterback right now, I think. I think the Saints do anyway. I, I don't know if... I mean, who are they even sitting with a quarterback? Derek, I mean, Carr. Derek Carr. And Jameis Winston. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So, for them, I don't know if it's a... It's kind of like a Patriots situation where it's almost like you don't... Almost don't want a quarterback right now. You want to get talented and then get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I just... I don't know. Again, this is this is a very dependent scenario on a lot of oh, other They don't even have things. Winston next year. Unrestricted really? free. Well, agent. no, he said he wants to be a saint for life. I don't know if that's anything. They also to... got to sign him back. Yeah, I know. I don't know if that means anything to them, but he does want to go back there. But I mean, if I, if I'm the Saints, I don't want him back. But I just, I just wonder because that's it's it's very dependent on what the Bears do, mm-hmm. but it's also dependent on a lot of other things in the third round or first round if you're getting that high. Because if you're at the Bills pick at 28, there's nothing really going on. You're you're just kind of waiting and seeing. You know, yeah. what happens between 9 and 20. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that's the thing is, like, we're, we're hearing more from people that are saying that only five, maybe six wide receivers go in round one, and that there's a really good chance that between picks 10 to 28, yeah. no receivers are being taken, and that the Bills could be the next team to take one. It's just, it, there is so much, there's so many different paths this draft class could go. Because, like, like, Adunze could fall for the sheer fact, I mean, I don't think he will. I think teams do value him as, A, he's going to be an ex-receiver, like, this year. And so I cannot imagine him falling. But it could be one of those scenarios where they where people sit there and go, I'd rather have the best edge rusher in this class and go get the fifth, sixth best wide receiver who, in value sense, is, like, the third best pass rusher. Right. Like, how many teams are willing to throw their value chart out the window when they see this guy? Mm-hmm fall to them you know yeah 
it's it's going to be interesting. I like that, and again, like this is where like I do want to see like the rumor mill come out of the combine, which is where this is going to be the first time you're seeing all these new staffs and the old ones all together in the same spot. They're all talking. They're all trying to kind of like get an idea of where everyone's at. Some trades are going to kind of formulate here as well, or, or at least the you know the foundations of a future trade. And there could come out of this the rumor that hey, you know. Teams are kind of expecting only a few receivers to go in the first round. They expect teams to wait to the second, third, fourth round because they know the talent's good. Now, all of a sudden, the idea of, okay, sitting at 28 is not too bad because we could just get, like, the fourth best receiver off the board, you know, whoever their fourth best receiver is, or if they want to, can go get their maybe second best edge or uh, tackle, and then the second round go get, you know, maybe eighth, ninth best wide receiver, which, again, you don't even have a bad quarterback. Like, that's a, a key part of this, too. You're not putting a wide receiver in a bad situation that they can maybe never flourish. Why did Puka Nakua break out? Yes, he's talented, but he was in a great situation. He took over for a team that was dealing with a Cooper Cup injury early on, and he was dealing with a head coach who knew exactly how to use him. That could be an offense coordinator, knowing exactly how to use a player. And Puka Nakua broke out, and then, you know, once they saw how good he was, there was no way he was going to leave the field. This team could be in the same spot where, let's say they go get Malachi Corley in the third round. On a team like Carolina, maybe Corley doesn't break out because Bryce Young's his quarterback. And it's just not looking, It like just nothing works there. But if the Bills go get Corley, he can play outside, he can play a little slot, but maybe Brady knows exactly how to use him. And all of a sudden he pops a little bit more. That's where I think you're going to get, that's why I think you get hits in these later rounds is you have teams that just know how to use these guys and have a quarterback position, quarterback position that can get you there. Now there are of course talents like Stefan Diggs and maybe even Puka Nakua is that as well. We'll have to wait and see as the years go on that they're just flat talented. They're just going to get on the field. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Cause I think when Diggs broke out as a fifth is a fifth round pick, Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback and they did not throw much at all. And then, you know, for Puka Nakua, it's Stafford much better quarterback situation. But still not as good as the Bills. Yeah, still not, you know, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. Jackson. Maybe even Jackson as well, we throw yeah. in there. But I, I think that's where it's also you have to, like, if, that's where we have to remind ourselves, if the Bills don't take a wide receiver in the first round, it might not be a bad thing because of the fact that you could take a second or third round guy and make him look like a first round talent because of your system, because of your quarterback. And because of how deep this class is. He's yeah. a talented player. He's likely right. going to be a very talented player. Yeah, because you could look at pretty much the top 15 wide receivers and say, yeah, any one of those guys mm-hmm. could go top five, like could be a top five receiver yep. in any other class. But the fact that you have Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, and you could even throw Brian Thomas Jr. Mm-hmm. and Troy Franklin in there, those guys are... You can't pass them. Yeah. Like, that's... And then I think the other big key here is that you have an opening. They're not really sitting behind anybody. Right. They're going to sit behind, let's throw it out there, a one-year deal for Darnell Mooney? Not a chance. And a second-round he... pick likely, if he's if he's performing well, yeah. right away is ahead of him. You, they're going to have opportunities. First, second, even third-round I mean, rookie Khalil... will have clear-cut opportunities. Sure, he's not a rookie, but Khalil Shakir played ahead of both of their free agent signings this year. By the end of the year, yeah. By the end of the year. And he had a atrocious camp. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, we took a call earlier in the day that was kind of worried about rookies, but I think that's why I'm so confident that even if they go in the second round, we're going to see that guy. They have an opening, and they need talent. Going to take a quick time out here. 
And we'll wrap up the show when we come back. So we get you ready for Sabres Live. The Sabres are in Montreal tonight to take on the Canadians pregame at 6 for a 7 o'clock puck drop. We'll be right back. You're listening to the X-Point Show here on WGR. Quick final segment here before we hand things off to Sabres Live. We'll get going at the top of the hour. The Sabres are in Montreal tonight. They take on the Canadians. And then on Friday, they'll be in Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. Should be two winnable games. They'll probably win one. I want to be positive. Way to be positive. I want to be positive. But why should (laughs) I is the question. I don't know. I... It's tough, man. It's it, tough. It is. It, it's like yesterday, it, it's like the five stages of grief. Yesterday was my like, what? what is it? Anger or rage? I don't know if they call it rage, mm-hmm. but like the, the denial. That's what it is. Yep. That's not what I was in yesterday, but I was just more in the anger section. It's fair. For a while I was in denial. Then I was in anger. Now I'm just kind of in, I've skipped over depression because it's probably good. That's where we're all at. And I'm just at acceptance at this point. So I think the thing is, it, it, I think it's okay to kind of, be okay with the fact that like this season is a wash right when, and, when they lost to anaheim like me and uh, our own brayton wilson who's over at wben and fills in here on gr as well but like we were both kind of like you lost to anaheim but it the season's done right it'll be nice if jack queen comes back in like two or three weeks mm-hmm. get own power back as well see the young guys continue to develop or hope to continue to develop but like this season's a wash go to next year i i even say for the trade deadline like if you make any deals it should be for next year right it should not be for we're gonna you know make we're a gonna push. make a push here like no you're not yeah no it's <laughs> gotta be it's gotta be with forward thinking for next season yeah and i i really think there's a lot of not a lot but i think there's a good amount of moves out there that the sabers can make given the prospects they have because mm-hmm. with the move with that sort of move in mind the move for the future you'd be trading for a guy that would have impact next season not yeah. for a prospect it's it's a different kind of mm-hmm. future mindset where I think personally I think they should sign Casey Middlestat, trade a couple of the prospects for a top four defensemen. Yep. And go and then there. Rasmus and then, Anderson. And then add is, maybe a forward in free agency, a forward or two in free agency yeah. to hopefully just make sure that a Jack Quinn injury does not kill your offense. Right. Any any time that I'm on between now and the trade deadline, mm-hmm. Rasmus Anderson will be the only player I talk about trading for unless they trade for someone else there we go do want to remind you before we get out of here that we took a number of calls today and that was us getting connected to our fans it's brought to you by northtown kia western new york's number one kia dealer shop online at northtownkia.com and of course you have been listening to the northtown automotive extra point show and it's brought to you by northtown automotive whatever you're looking for you'll find it at northtown shop online at northtownauto.com that's gonna do it for me and josh this week sal and joe will be back tomorrow and coming up after a quick timeout, Sabres Live as we get ready for Sabres and Canadians later tonight. Pre-game starting at 6 for Puck Drop at 7. You're listening to WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.